This is the Courier Talking Football. I'm Eric Nicholson and with me this week are Jim Spence and Sean Hamilton. Gentlemen, a busy one this week, so we'll, we'll crack straight into it and start with Dundee United, who are officially safe in the Premiership. So I don't think we can we can let that pass without without noting it because let's face it, Sean, it was it was the biggest job this season, wasn't it? To put you know, you we could well there were times when Jim was getting a wee bit excited about potentially Europe and all that <laughs> sort of thing. And you know, they were they were in the top six for a good period, but this season, first season back, safe with four four games to go. That's good. That's good, isn't it? That's job done, isn't it, Sean? Hundred percent, it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think uh, some of the European stuff, uh, some of that got kicked off before the start of the season, if I remember rightly. I think it was Robbie Nielsen that kind of set that ball in motion, was it not? Was, <laughs> on it, this pod- was it on this podcast? No, no, that no, <laughs> no, I don't think it was on the podcast, but I'm sure Robbie Nielsen said something about <laughs> Europe being the target. And then uh, when he left, and uh, Mickey Mellon came in. I do remember it, cynically, <laughs> what cynically wondering whether he'd done it just to, <laughs> just to ramp trap. the pressure up yeah, on his the, successor. This is what yeah. I would have done. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, and and also to be fair to them, they did they did they started quite well. Um, I mean, when I, when I say started, I mean the first few games. But I mean, they they acquitted themselves quite well and got good wins there. So at that point, I think there there maybe was a little ripple of excitement that went through the United support and Jim as well <laughs> obviously <laughs> but um, no in the, in the main over the course of the season yeah for a newly promoted side staying up is the main aim for, for a United you would maybe say they could expect maybe a bit more than that from it and actually I think they've got a bit more that's than that again, yeah, that's yeah. what so for for a for a first season back up with the squad largely the same as it was in the championship, I think it's it's absolutely job done. And uh, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't think, I don't think United fans may have complaints about the style of football and all that. And in fact, I know they do because we see it. Um, but I mean, you you take what you can get at this point, and what they've got is a team that has secured itself in the Premiership next season, and they needed that because not being there would have been disastrous for them so it's very very much job done I think they can be very satisfied with it I always think Jim as well see when a team like United who okay we're talking about it being mathematically safe now but it, it, they were they were safe going into the, the, the post-split fixtures I always think it says a lot about a team and a manager when they when they beat a team that has more to play for than them you know Hamilton you know let's face it Hamilton have got far more to play for than United did have on Saturday there and United have beaten them. I think that always that always speaks quite loud, doesn't it? No, I, th- I think you're right, and and I, I think you know what well, that was a potentially really hazardous trip to um, Hamilton o- o- on Saturday. Um, I, I still want to call it New Douglas Park, <laughs> uh, but yeah, don't we all? Uh, uh, yeah, but it really was, you know. I mean, given given that Hamilton are scrapping for the line, given that they've been here for so many seasons and and managed to you know to to get out of that, they they are no mean. They are no mean outfit when it comes to kind of tackling on their own, uh, you know, on their own kind of turf at their own gaff. Um, and and as you say, I mean, United kind of, you know, the, much less to play for. Okay, it wasn't mathematically certain at that stage. They still needed to 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 win and all the rest of it. But it shows, uh, I think, it shows the measure and the metal um, of the side over the season. I mean, Sean's right. I mean, I can't demur from anything that he says there. You know, I mean, yeah, start the season, but you, you, you're hopeful. Dundee United have got a, tra- a great tradition. You know, when you look at the history and traditions of clubs, Dundee United in Scottish terms, Dundee United in Aberdeen are, are, are right up there. You know, I mean, they, they, they've got, you know, United are fourth in the all-time appearances um, uh, in Europe, way ahead of the Hibs and the Hearts. So there's a tradition about the club. Now, we know it's... And, and it's you a, never know about, you never know with a promoted team, do you? Sometimes well, they can get the off to the flyer and, and you think, oh, actually you know this you know you know it can carry you a long way can't it well I mean that, that that's the whole thing I mean uh, but Sean's right I mean we've said this before they did it with a championship side you know I mean Mickey Mellon effectively you know uh, uh, inherited a side that was built for the championship that came up from the championship albeit we, we know the circumstances of the league being called early and all the rest of it but you know you can't complain about the commitment of the players over the piece and you can't complain about the, the job that the managers jo- uh, done because the job is done the job was to remain 
in the Premiership. I mean, don't, you know, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking the Championship, but financially, it's a black hole. It's hard enough to wash your face in the Premiership. It is almost impossible in the Championship. So it was, it was hugely uh, impressive that Mellon has managed to keep United um, in the top division, and he's done it pretty well, in my view. You know, you know, quality of football is irrelevant. I mean, it might not be irrelevant after two or three seasons back in the Premiership. That's a different kettle of fish, but it's, it's a subjective thing. Have I found them pretty to watch? No, I've found them god-awful to watch, to be honest with you, at times. But but I have to say they're not alone. You know, um, no, no doubt we'll come to the Dundee-Dunferling game, which made my eyes bleed last night, you know. But <laughs> that, that, that's the nature of things at the moment. I mean, the, bo- the bottom line is uh, Mellon and the boys at Tannadice have done a great job. They're in the Premiership next season, and that's success in my book. Yeah, well, obviously we're United, Sean. It's it's there's always there's always a bit of off-field stuff, and out came the the story at the weekend about uh, Doncaster Rovers being being keen to or having Mickey Mellon on their list of potential candidates for their new manager. We think in the summer because they've got a caretaker through through till then, or you you, you never can tell because the Doncaster have still got still got live issues in their season, but. Anyway, they are, you know, people will, people will say, oh, it's just it's just papers and all the rest of it. But they are well-placed sources. They're from, I would suggest as well, more than one source as well. So I'd, I think there, there, are, there are management and transfer rumours and there are the rumours and rumours, aren't they? And this one is at the, uh, the uh, sort of more substantial end of the scale, shall I say. So, yeah, that's... Did it come as a surprise to you, or did it? It's, it's. I know that Jim has kind of been subtly building up to this one uh, when he's he's been talking about. I don't want to put words in Jim's mouth because he, he'll be up next. But you know, a potential sort of fork in the road. You know, difference of sort of uh, difference in direction between manager and club and that sort of thing. And obviously, I, and I wrote about it myself in in the paper the other day. Did it did it come as a surprise when you saw Mickey Mellon being linked for this post? He is very well thought of down in the in the, in the English lower leagues, isn't he? Yeah, and I think for that reason, uh, not particularly a shock. I mean, on the other side of that, had had, Mickey, had if Mickey Mellon is still Dundee United manager next season, well, I can understand why he is. But at the same time, as you say, he is well thought of down south. He's he's achieved a lot as a manager down there, and he spent all but all but one year of his career in England. So. That's that's he does have a profile at that level down there, so for that reason, it's 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 not surprising that a club going for promotion in England, looking at their options and thinking who can get us up, might land on Mickey Mellon as an option because he's he's done it before with with more than one team, uh, so he's got a proven track record of of achieving exactly what they're looking for. Um, so yeah, no shock at all, and and uh, it was interesting to note that in. And insisting that he was completely focused on Dundee United, I think totally focused was what as you would expect. There's, there's not a manager in the world would say any different. Is oh it, yeah, let's face it. no, absolutely not. Yeah. So when he when he made that statement, I think part part of that he went on to talk about his record down south and to say that you know this is this is something that that I'm kind of used to, because <laughs> which was which was. A kind of humble brag, almost, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, aye, look, I, I, as you said, I mean, you, you, having spoke to a few people, and you, you do, I do believe that this one, this one, there's some substance to it. Um, so, I, I really, the, the balls in the balls in Doncaster's court at this point, really, isn't it? Because um, I, I, I'm sure. If there, indeed there is substance to it, there, there probably are discussions going on already. But of course, that's that's sort of under the table stuff in football. Everybody knows it works like that. So it, yeah, well, it really it's, it's rare. It's rare yeah. for somebody to be linked without there being substance because they don't get yeah. linked if if there's not a bit of interest. Yeah, usually, usually I'm speaking if there's a, broadly yeah. here. If, the, if there's a feeling out and and the, the response is no thanks, then generally I don't that that link you that's won't it. find it being made yeah. publicly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, there, there may well be stuff going on under the table at the moment, but it, it really, I mean, the next the next stage, if it's a, 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 to become concrete, would would be for Doncaster to make their move and, and ask for permission to speak to Mickey Mellon. So if if that happens, I'll not be surprised. So don't Doncaster apart, Jim. Let's. It's. it's I was going to say it's a red. It's not a red herring. You know, it, it's a. It's a. It's a proper interest. A, 
a proper potential next career move for Mickey Mellon. But from from Mickey Mellon and Dundee United's point of view, I feel you've been building you've been building up to this over the last two or three weeks, Jim. Do you are you getting the feeling that uh, we talked about job done for this season for Mickey Mellon? Are you getting the feeling that it'll be job done full stop after this season? And yeah, the, yeah, I think you know as we say, Eric, in, in, in the trade, the, the story has legs and and it's had legs for you know some substantial time now. That you know, the, 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 there's a fine line in our game. I think you know a lot of bloggers and podcasters that, that are you know that, that are not working in the game and that we in the way we do, and they've all got their place. I'm, I'm not knocking it, you know. Um, as a fanzine man back in the day, long before, you know, I, I went full-time in journalism. So everyone's got their place. But there are differences, and, and there are differences in the respect of the contacts that guys like us have. It's no, you know, we're not blowing smoke up each other's backsides. We've all got substantial contacts. We've kicked about the game for a long time, and our contacts don't exist just in Dundee or Perth or wherever. They exist all over Scotland. They exist in England. You know, we know people from a wide range. So we, we hear from a wide range of sources, and good sources, not the boy in the pub whose granda works on the buses at cut Joe, Joe Bloggs' grass. You know, I mean, we hear from people who are in the he, game. He's my contact. So I mean as well as you will share. So So you know, we, we you know we, we get to know things. Now bear in mind football's a fluid situation. What has legs today, you know, suddenly has them amputated tomorrow. It's the nature of the beast, you know. Um but I um you know the betting for me for some time has been that Dundee United will go in one direction and Mickey Mellon will probably go in another one. And I think you know you read all you read the runes in these things, you know. There's a, a very good interview about you know the way United wanted to go forward in terms of youth and all the rest of it um in a magazine uh, just recently, um, uh, The Athletic, you know, the Athletic, uh, yeah. with Andy Goldie and that, you know, and you see that and you, you, and, you two, see, and two or three of his team. And two know, or three so of his team, was, you know, so, so you look at that now and you think that, that's great, that's a great interview in terms of the way the club is going forward. The more cynically minded would say that's a neatly placed interview and it kind of hints at the club going one way, but a manager who might go another way. Does the manager buy into this? Managers have always got to buy into um, into a club and the philosophy of a club and the philosophy of United very much into the future will almost be to go back to where they originated under Jim McLean. I mean, Jim McLean is, is, the, is the creator of the modern Dundee United. There is an argument that says that Jerry, Jerry Kerr actually, to some extent, set them on the path. But Jim McLean is undoubtedly the creator of the modern Dundee United with coaching schools and clubs in Glasgow and Aberdeen and Edinburgh, and, you know, and all over the shop uh, and bringing youth through from the days of Andy Gray to, to David Neri to Graham Payne and, and you know, and, and a, success, a whole succession. Now, you know, we know from, I think it's five debuts United have given to Academy kids this season. I think 10, uh, 10 featured in total or something like that. We've got, you know, young kids out on loan here, there and everywhere. You can see that United are heading in one direction. That's the youth direction. And I, I, I frankly, I think they're spot on to do that. I think it's the only way forward for Dundee United. And I think it's the right way. Um whether or not a manager like Mickey Mellon will want to, you know, I don't mean there's so much buy into it, but whether he sees himself as being part of that long-term project, because that has to be a long-term project, or whether he thinks, you know what, the vast bulk of my experience, and it is, at the age of 16, has been south of the border, where all his contacts are, where he knows everyone. And the thing is, is, the thing is as well, Jim, we're not, this isn't us criticising Mickey Mellon, is it? Because I think you would find a hell of a lot of managers you know, the, this, this Dundee United ethos, or if, if you want to call it that, and the direction of travel, as you put it, wouldn't be for them either. And, and they wouldn't, it does, it's not like a case of, well, you remember uh, remember Peter Houston when he left, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. It was like right. he, he, he right. decided, you know, this was a, this, that direction of travel it was, wasn't, for, wasn't for him as well, you know. And there's umpteen managers we know. Rightly so, because their reputation's on the line this season and this season only, isn't it? It is a very, it takes, it's a very particular type of manager, isn't it, that will that will work hand in glove with what United have planned, isn't it? There's a combination of things I think have gone on here, Eric. You've got to think at the time that Mickey Mellon arrived, he walked right as as any manager, um, you know, either walked into in changing clubs around about that time or, or, or who was a manager at a club he, he inherited a maelstrom through Covid which you know there's nothing he could do about there's nothing Tony Asgar as, as a sporting director nothing that you know uh, uh, Mark Ogren nothing that anyone in Scottish football or world football could do anything about they inherited that situation then had to make the best of it now 
I don't know. In, ter- in terms of what Dundee United's business model was early on, I don't know whether that's changed or not or whether this was always the route they were going to take. But it looks as though they've certainly decided, perhaps through COVID and all the rest of it, perhaps just through the fact that it's hard to make money in Scottish football. They're already stacking the losses up. I think Mark Ogren is £6.5 million down already You know, over, over a couple of seasons. Um, you know, we are high, probably a very high wage to... Uh, um, to turnover ratio and all the rest of it. And they want all that down. They'll have looked at the future and thought the future probably isn't in paying certain players three, four, and a bit grand a week or whatever. The future isn't bringing young boys through, trying to sell. That's an old established business model. There's actually nothing new about that model. But for me, uh, you know, I mean, I always remember saying to Stephen Thompson at the time, I think you've got two options. And, and you know what? There's a man who was looking towards the end of his tenure, an American link-up, looking at Newcastle Jets. You know, uh, far be it from me to heap praise upon the the departed former former chairman, Um, but he was looking at all these things, wondering what the future would be. The new owners have come in, have decided there's a certain route to take. It may or may not be successful, but my suspicion is is that Mickey Mellon probably isn't the man that will want to go down that road. There are still many more opportunities like it or lump it in English football. Um, it's a bigger, it's a bigger stage, you know. People might look at Doncaster, and say Doncaster, you know, no tradition or, or or history by comparison. Dundee United, that's absolutely true. But you know, they'll play to big crowds, well, biggish crowds, well, bigger crowds than United, and they'll play to big crowds. They've got a new stadium, sizable community, uh, and all the rest of it. Plus, you can go places. You know, you can go from Doncaster to another kind of lower league club, as you would put it. Here. Where do you go from Dundee United in Scotland? It's upwards. Very few clubs upwards from Dundee United in Scotland. Aberdeen, Hibs, Hearts, no vacancies at them, you know. So, um, plus having to work with youth. So, I th- my suspicion is that Mickey Mellon um, will, you know, uh, him and Tony Asgard will shake hands in the summer, say, good, well done, job done. Uh, you know, you go with our best wishes. <clears throat> we crack on with our life, you crack on with yours. Here, can I just jump in? And by the way, Doncaster got beat 3 0 last night <laughs> off Burton as well. So mm. if uh, their desperation may be ramping up, and I, I know I, I don't mean desperation in, in regard no. to Mickey Mellon's a desperate yeah. option, I just mean they want to get yes. somebody in. That's yes. right, that's right. Yeah, no, indeed. I mean, Sean, do you? Do you agree with? I mean, we're again we're we're working against the backdrop of the the financials coming out, and I don't think it didn't, they didn't surprise me. I'm sure they didn't surprise you. It was everything we expected. It's it's the kind of narrative you know that that's been that's been created over the last couple of years. So it wasn't it wasn't a shock to see more losses, substantial losses. Do you agree with Jim that this is a a route that United have to take? Basically, I mean, they're, they're, well, they're investing so much. They're investing so much in, in in their academy infrastructure and all the rest of it. It'd be bonkers to not to not give them a to give these boys a route to the first team, wouldn't it? It would at this point. I think once you get once you get to a certain level of investment, as United clearly have with their academy, and I mean, I don't know an exact figure for what they've put into their academy compared to what they've spent elsewhere, but it's a lot of money. And once they've you get, gone to once elite, you get, they've gotten straight up to elite status. Exactly, and they've spent a lot of money to do it. Yeah, Yeah, spent a hell of a lot doing it. So once once you've pumped that much in to that part of the club uh, on the basis that this is where you're going to mine profit from in future, to change tack now would be uh, crazy. Yeah, I think they're they're, they're past the point of no return with that. So they they are committed to this academy idea now, I think. And quite quite rightly so. Funny, like Jim mentioned um, Stephen Thompson earlier, because for for many reasons he gets lots of stick off Dundee United fans. But actually, if you go back to the, the last period in time where the club consistently made any decent money, it was when he was in charge of it. And it was when they were selling players on a yearly basis, so uh, I, I mean, if you if you think about the likes, of, if you go back to Goodwillie, maybe being the first one, and then up to sort of Chief G being the end of that. I mean, if you think all of the transfer fees that occurred in that time frame, I, I've, I've added it up before. I can't remember the number off the top of my head, but I'm sure it's hovering around nine, ten million quid in transfer fees that 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 were brought in in that period of time. Now, that as a, as a model. I can see why that's attractive to, oh, to Mark Ogden. United, and what United and, uh, out and, with a, and, and then some. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the United, United fans' concern after that fact was, well, well, what happened to all that money? You know, but I mean, the, the facts were that it, it went lots of places, but there was lots of debt at the time as well, and, and various other things. So, but if 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 the club on a on a stable footing 
can get itself to a position where that's its business model. It sells a player or two every year that it's brought through its academy and it makes substantial money doing so. As a business, that looks pretty sound as long as they can stick to that. Um, so that I, I can understand why 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 they would want to head down that road. And now that they they are where they are in terms of the investment they've already made, they I can absolutely I don't see any reason for them to change now. So I very very much think that this is the direction of travel. So the question is, yeah, is, is Mickey Mellon the man to lead that? And that's that's I mean it's down to United to an extent, but it's also down to Mickey Mellon, which is why we're having these conversations. Um. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. What was I, the question? You've been on this I, podcast too no, long, which I, I, I did that. I did that to myself. I sidetracked myself when I mentioned Thompson earlier on because the bit I was about to get to when I talked about his, his interest in Newcastle Jets and when he was starting to look at um, clubs in America and all the rest. Of it, there's two twofold there. One, I think eventually United will do some kind of link up. There might be a um, one of these, you know, Manchester City owner. I think about three or four clubs have investments in three or four clubs because the rules changed on it some time ago. And I'd, I'd written about this in a column. A good while back, and I could see United instead of buying a club. You know, I could see United maybe being part of a, a satellite of, of 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 a bigger club or something like that into the future. But the, the truth of the matter is, I mean, at the time I'd say to Thompson some years back when I did a wee bit of work for him, that I think you've got two choices: you pursue this route, you either you know you either go down what they were calling at that time the Brentford route, where you. In fact, we mentioned this in the podcast the other week. You know that. You go down the Brentford route, you look for diamonds in the rough, which is what Brentford did. They looked around and they thought, what's the point of us trying to kind of compete with the Spurs and the Tottenham, the Spurs and the Arsenals and all the rest of it? And in a London, a greater London, it's got what, 15, 20 professional full time clubs if you're taking a 30 mile radius. So you either, you either do that or you do what Brentford did. And and they went for the cast off, so to speak. You know, kids, and and I think that was a St. choice. St. Johnson have had some success with that as well. Absolutely, absolutely. And and when you've got, you know, when most you've got of the, good, most of their success, not cast offs, but yeah, getting getting them in yeah. for boys clubs. At 15, yeah, I mean, 16, I, listen, yeah. I use it. I I don't I don't use that term cast off in any demeaning sense. There are lots of lots and lots of good young lads in the game that, that for one reason or other haven't had a chance, or they've picked up Andy an injury or co- absolutely, you know, and 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 very often they're the kind of guys that you want because they're experienced. Of their good good people of good character, that experience, uh, the missing out early on, actually drives them on to perhaps greater than it, than they, had they had success early on. So I think that was that was you know that was always a potential uh, model for United. But I think you know as you said earlier on, Eric had been building up to the um, the, the Mickey Mellon thing some weeks ago because you've got your ear to the ground um, as we all do. And I mean my my suspicion this time, a combination of ear to the ground and all the rest of it, is I think that this is only the start of things at United. I think there'll be you know undoubtedly they're, they're going down the youth route, whether it works or not, I don't know. Um, Every you know every club has tried it at one time or t'other, but also I could see them in the future being part of a wider satellite um, club ownership uh, scheme. I think that's where the whole thing uh, is going. Not just at United, but for a whole many clubs, you're starting to see uh, this approach in the game. You know where, where the, you know smaller clubs are owned uh, partly or whatever, or there's stakes in them by bigger clubs. There were two. There were two really, in, I mean, really interesting points that that that. I latched on to latched onto from that that interview in the Athletic that Jim was talking about, and I'll put one to each year. The first one, Sean, was that uh, I now forgive me if I've, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was it was Tam Courts that mentioned this, and maybe what you you guys can correct me if it wasn't, but it was the the sort of the aspiration, and he didn't it wasn't like a it wasn't he didn't phrase it like a pipe dream. I can't remember the exact words. It was that to get more than half, which basically means six, if my maths is right of the players in a United team within five years being academy products. Does, is, is, that, is that realistic? And it, Well, I mean, it, first of all, it's, it, it really lays bare, doesn't it? It, it totally puts it on the, on, the, on, the, on the line what they're trying to do here. They're not talking about, they're not tra- talking about a couple of to- token boys that you can say, yeah, we brought them through type thing, coming off the bench once in a while. He's talking about six starters in the Dun United team within five years. I think I think the the fact that um, Tom Court said it is interesting, or was given license to say it is interesting, um, because I mean it, it's it's rare for an academy staff to kind of have the profile that United's do. First of all, 
um normally when you think about which again which speaks. they like these you know what i mean these these yeah, things don't happen by ac- they don't happen by accident but, do they no they don't it's and that's, very that's easy to hide in the background if, you, my if point. you want to mm-hmm. yeah my point is that they don't happen by accident because normally when you think about the, the, the who who speaks on on the sort of strategic approach a club has taken if it's not the manager it'll be a boardroom figure but to have to have youth academy staff speaking strategically like that in regards to the first team, that's unusual. But it, again, as you say, it doesn't happen by accident. That's, well, there's a lot of first team managers would clearly, like it, isn't there? No, Let's exactly, exactly. That's <laughs> the point. <laughs> Definitely. So there's um, that's that's interesting. And again, it hints at the sort of at the direction of travel. It more than hints at it. I think it tells you the direction of travel. Oh, for um, a, for a youth coach to be emboldened enough to feel comfortable saying that isn't it Aye. isn't it sean absolutely that's what's notable about that but i mean beyond beyond that aspect of it whether it's realistic or not um i don't see why not it can be realistic to have six academy graduates in a team what's really really difficult after that is to keep just is to maintain a level like that year after year because the, the business model would dictate that you've got six academy graduates in your team but the point is that you're you're looking to sell one or two or more, mm-hmm. and then have another couple money ready. You can get then have another couple ready to come on the conveyor belt. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's that's where that's where the really difficult thing is because we've seen first teams at United even under Jackie McNamara when they had a selection of not all homegrown but certainly young players who were contracted to them for lengthy lengthy enough periods of time, but they get cherry picked, and then what happens is that depth isn't there underneath to fill it up. So that's that's the really really tricky thing i think it's it's realistic in the uh, to have a to have a one off team with six academy graduates in it if you do the right work but having it being able to do it year after year that's where it's that's where it becomes very difficult stopping it's, the drop off basically yeah yeah the, the balance is the thing isn't it i mean you know if you're thinking at this season um i mean so far i think we see was it nielsen fotheringham freeman Watson Smith all have made all have made debuts um, th- th- this year. And they're, they're all young guys. I mean, I saw Tom Courts, Tom Courts making a, a really good. Well, a good Logan Chalmers is a senior yeah. pro these days, yeah. now, isn't he? I mean, and he, he, he made he made the great point that you know about challenging them and all the rest of it and every day in training and coaching. But uh, he, he said when you've got the talent, ultimately the next thing you need is opportunity, and that's that's what youngsters are crying out for, you know. And I think listen, we've all done it. We, we you know, as kind of you know, there's an age range between us three, but we, we've all worked with young journalists. You encourage them. You you know, you maybe point at occasionally not an error of their ways. We just think, look, you know, maybe you do this or do that, or if I was doing this, here's one way to think about it. Great coaching is just great teaching. That's all. Um, you know, getting people to take on good habits and all the rest of it. And I think what you're looking for is that balance, just like you were having a newsroom, just like you were having a building company. You're looking for that balance of energy, drive, commitment, uh, you know, uh, uh, and experience as well. So, uh, you know, I, I don't think United will suddenly put, a, you know, a, a first 11 where the, the, the boys are all 19 or 20 or 21 have just popped up from the 18s or the 19s. But what they will do or what they aim towards is, is, is that production line which comes in seasoned by, uh, you know, two or three solid, good professionals around about them who have good good dressing room habits, good on-field habits, you know, on time for training, all, all of the things that go towards a good, solid, disciplined football team and football squad. So I think that's great. If United are prepared to give the boys the opportunity. The other thing, I think the key thing is once crowds come back is are the fans prepared to give the, them the opportunity? Because we hear all this stuff, you get this stuff all the times uh, from people saying, oh, your fans, fans will back the kids. Uh, well, actually, very often it's not the experience. I thought the way, for instance, that the laddie Fraser, who went, we're talking about Burton Albion earlier on, I thought some of the treatment he got from United fans was shocking. And a local boy, he got some terrible stick. And he went away down south and he's done very well. Now, that's not just him. That happens at clubs of length and breadth of the country. People, fans can be unforgiving. They get on a kid's back and that's the danger. I think that's the danger uh, with, with, you know, with revolutionising and bringing through youth. I think if you've got five or six in, that's maybe different. Sometimes it's tougher when you're putting one or two into a yeah the man's game, if you want, and, and you struggle to keep up with the pace or the physicality or just the tempo or whatever. Um, but, you know, you need 
also, and I hate this phrase, but I'm going to use it, you kind of need to educate the fans. You need to say, this is the way we're going. Here are the potential um, ramifications of what might happen here. You know, there, there will be games where the boys struggle after three, four, five, six, seven games. Mentally they struggle, physically they struggle, and all the rest of it. Do you back us? Do you back us? Well, You'll soon find out if the fans back that. I dare say, Sean, that is part of the process of, of these interviews, isn't it? It's, it's, it's putting the message out there that, you know, yeah, this, this shouldn't come as a shock to you. Yeah, there's a PR element to it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's quite... To me, it looks like it's been quite carefully managed. Um, the sort of storytelling aspect of it and weaving this narrative that's that's now starting to now starting to appear more frequently, uh, and I know that I mean Andy Goldie has done stuff with Callum Woodger, who works with us, um, all, all well ever since he came in at Tannerice, really, and fa- on a fairly regular basis. Um, so yeah, the the, the athletic that's so okay. So now we're taking a step away from the regional press, which you know not to do us ourselves down, but that's what we are. Different so, audience, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and now we're taking it into a, into a national sphere um, with the beyond. athletic, yeah, beyond yeah. international, absolutely, yeah. So it, it's it's it, it does it does have the sort of hallmarks of a of a kind of uh, an orchestrated kind of PR effort to to change the way people are thinking about Dundee United and and, and what Dundee United are. Um, which I mean, if that, if that's the case, then that's well done. It's quite sophisticated. If it isn't, <laughs> they should have been. Yeah, <laughs> Jim. The last thing before we move on from from this United thing, the other the other point I wanted to raise from the from the interview that I thought was fascinating was, and again, I think again, correct me if I'm wrong. I think this one came from Andy Goldie. Was the potential for a first team manager emerging? from the academy coaching structure. I thought that that jumped out at me as well. So, in, in which case, <clears throat> you look at the coaching structure, I think, um, A, time frame. Is he talking about next season, for the start of the season? Is he talking about himself? Is he talking about somebody else who is on the, on the you know, who is there already? I mean, I think, every, I think I mean, I, I must admit... It was, vague, it was vague enough <clears throat> to be... Yeah. To be, yeah, open... It was yeah, certainly I, open-ended. He, I don't think he was saying when Mickey Mellon goes... We're, we're taking our under-14s manager for the first team or something like he's that. He's definitely planting a seed, though. Well, he's planting yes. a seed. And, and uh, immediately, you know, the, the thing that you immediately think to yourself is, OK, are they going down the, the Ian Cathro route? Um, I mean, yeah, and this is why, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not being cynical. I'm not, I'm not even being sceptical about this. I'm certainly pointing out some situations. I mean, I remember, you know, as a Dundonian, I always like to give the Dundee boys a help. So early on when Cathro was making his way, I would do interviews and put them in the BBC would say to me, who is this guy? You know, he was, this is he when was he was at United uh, Stadium. Yeah, a youth coach, yeah. you know, what are you doing interviewing this guy? You know, this kid. Um, <clears throat> but, I, I, you know, I, I, I quite often I'd sit with Ian and I'd listen to him and I'd think, Wow. Now, you know, bear in mind, I taught law for about a dozen years and I'd come out interviews thinking, what was he actually saying there? What did he mean? You know, <laughs> but, but, you know, then that was the nature of Ian. <clears throat> now, the problem there is, I mean, Ian talked a great game and I don't mean that in any kind of, you know, uh, uh, naughty way. He talked a great game. He was innovative. He was full of energy, full of great plans, great ideas. Went to Hearts. It was a disaster. It was a disaster. Now, you know, ultimately, you, at the end compared, of the day, compared to something that followed him, Jim. He's, he's yeah, well, no, that, well, indeed. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> indeed. Um, but you know what I mean? It was a disaster with the I fans, mean, and yeah. they, they didn't buy into his philosophy. They didn't understand him. He got all this, all the crap about the the laptop managers and all the rest. Because there is an antediluvian aspect to football. I mean, ultimately, when push comes to shove, the, the, the bottom line is quite simple: fans want to see a winning team. They want to see the team winning. They, you know, the uh, maybe applaud you off the part that they see what you're trying to do after three or four games where you've lost two or three nil, but you've played Spartan football. By the time you get to game five and game six, you're still losing. They're on your case. They're on your back. And it's when it goes up. I mean, I always used to say that at Tannadice. It was when it, it got into the boardroom. That was when people panicked. You know, the manager's getting in the neck. That's one thing. The minute it starts to alight on the chairman's shoulders or whatever, that's usually when managers uh, can start contemplating the P45. So, in, you know, in terms of this, it's great. It's good for clubs to have a philosophy uh, and all the rest of it. But ultimately, the philosophy of any football club has to be that they have to win more 
than they lose. You know, um, and I, I think the, you know, when you look at this, this, this whole philosophy, the whole idea, it's kind of like, you know, there's, there's a European approach to this. I think we have been behind <coughs> the scenes often. We've been behind, we've been behind the times in terms of appointing directors of football. We have an overarching duty to help the manager identifying players and all the rest. We've been behind the times in terms of, uh, we've been behind the times in everything, you know, and analytics and, and goodness knows how many things. I mean, we've certainly caught up rapidly in recent times. Now, I think United are ahead of the game in much of this stuff. Um, however, the acid test and, and the huge leap comes from all of this stuff at, at Youth Academy and all the stuff that looks great on a whiteboard or on a, on a uh, you know a presentational circuit to actually putting the team out in the park in front of six or 7,000 screaming Arabs um, when it has potential to go badly wrong. And, and, and the problem is once you tie your colours to the mast of going with youth, then it's very, very difficult to kind of swing back from that, if you've put a whole load of kids on, you know, long contracts and all the rest of it, it can become very, very difficult. Not that they're going to be huge earners. So, frankly, much better doing that than putting a whole host of has-beens on big contracts or guys that are, you know, at the tail end of their careers who are screwing the club for money. I'm not suggesting that there are people at United doing that. I'm suggesting this has been a, that's often been a fault line in, in, in football, you know. Um, so, I like the idea of, of what United are doing. It has pitfalls, but it's got great possibilities as well. Talking of great possibilities, Sean, the, the Scottish Cup on Friday night, you would, you would got, you would say, it's a good draw for United, isn't it? Forfar at the moment, Forfar's detached at the bottom of League One. Um, not really much time lost their manager. Gary Irvin's made a very shrewd appointment as he's as as he's as he's number two to help him through the end of the season. Tony Dock, yeah. So they'll get organised, and you know, we know we both know. Well, no, Tony Dock. Well, he'll he'll make sure that the place is a happy camp and all the rest of it, and he's and a very good training ground coach. But still, having said all that, it's still a good draw for United, isn't it? You'd, you'd fancy them strongly to come through that, wouldn't you, Sean? Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I, no, no disrespect for for at all. It just that's that's what it is. United are a, well, and seventh in the Premiership, going well, and four for <laughs> down down at the bottom of League One. Uh, struggling there, so yeah, uh, United are clear favourites for that, and, and I wouldn't expect anything other than the United win. So in that respect, great draw for United. And uh, and I the mean, next uh, round potentially opens up for them as I mean, say opens up. You know, they've avoided the old firm, so you can you can see a you can see a a, a route map to the semi finals, can't you? Absolutely, uh, and at that point. I mean, this we said at the start of this discussion that you know United can look at this season in in, in terms of the league as being a uh, job done, if you want. Um, but I mean, if they were if they were to get to Hamden, <laughs> then I mean that that turns into a of course it turns does. into a very decent season yeah, at that yeah, point. Of course it does. Um, and then Mickey Mellon can be looking at the, the championship. <laughs> 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 Absolutely, yeah. Doncaster Rovers won't be good enough at that point. No. <laughs> um, but no, yeah. no. It, Sorry, anyway. carry on, Sean. No, I wasn't actually going to say anything. I was just going to waffle, <laughs> so continue. Yeah, so I mean, you, it's it's a peculiar one, Jim, isn't it? With the the cup, the Scottish Cup. I mean, it's been a peculiar season in so many ways. But yeah, the the knowing your route to the semi-finals, it, you know, for say for for United, it, it, it's probably quite enticing for 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 St Johnson, for example, when you know you're going to be playing Rangers or Celtic in the quarterfinals, it maybe kind of takes the takes the shine off getting Clyde at home in the in the last 16, doesn't it? Yeah, um, I ultimately suppose yeah, like what it boils down to is you know whether it's Saints against Clyde or Forth or uh, you know United up at Forth or what it boils down to is you've got to beat what you're up, what's put up against you. You know, uh, ultimately, no matter if you know who's coming next after it, if you get through or if you don't, um, you, you simply have to do you know uh, what's required of you. And I'll be it's a tough test at, uh, at Forth on you know a surface that a lot of players are not overly keen on. Um, a Friday night game without a crowd, you know, all that. It's quite a tight, uh, tight park, you know. But, I mean, you know, United re- require professionalism and, and dig and bite and all the rest of it. I mean, it'll be tough. But um, if United don't come through, there'll be some serious questions asked, I think. I mean, cup games are great levelers over 90 minutes, but Forfar have been, you know, struggling. It's been a, a grim season for them. You know, they actually must, they must be wondering, <laughs> they must be wondering why they didn't uh, hang on to Dick Campbell all these years ago, you know. But um, that, that that's the nature of the beast. I mean, it's, it's one that I would, I would fully expect United to go through. And, uh, and then, of course, as you say, the... 
opportunity opens up to you know to, to, to work their way not far away from Hamden then and what a great season it would be you know what a terrific season it would be to have stayed in the Premiership um, to work their way through a, a final at Hamden I mean that, that really would be a spectacular successful season back um, in their first season back in the big in the big uh, the big time well D- Dundee aren't don't have the Scottish Cup to worry about anymore, Sean. But a couple of couple of draws. I would, my your take of them. My take would be their their position in the in the playoffs is more secure than than before. They had those two draws just by a combination of the other results on Saturday and the fact that Dunfermline probably wanted a needed a win more than them for for that purpose. But on the other hand, the flip side of the coin is they're less likely to get second now. So it's a uh, How's how's your how's your glass half full or half empty, Sean? <laughs> <laughs> uh, my my glass is half full, mate. Oh, as, well, as, as always, as, <laughs> as in life, as in life, oh. absolutely. Um, oh, it, it, it's it, I've, I'm getting bored of saying this about Dundee, but I, ca- I can't find a better analogy for them. But it's just a, a bloody roller coaster, isn't it? It's co- it's constant. It's like we're, oh, we're up, we're in we're in the right direction, and then oh right, couple of draws, okay. And again, the draws aren't the worst results in the world. Um, they're sitting they're sitting four points clear at Inverness now, um, with only three games to go. Although they do have to play Inverness um, within those three games. Uh, so, I, I I mean playoffs. I'd be I'd be I'd be pretty confident that they're they're, they're they'll be okay there. Now at this point, I think they're they're well. What's it? Five points ahead of Dunfermline at this point, and Dunfermline's form is is pretty poor, isn't it? Um, so I I I think they're all right playoff wise. Um, second place, they do have to play Wraith as well. They do. Uh, they do. So that, I mean that's it's it's within their grasp if they if they can. They're going to need to win a, that. I think. I mean, an, Dundee... yes, I think they do. I mean, it's an incredible last three fixtures. Actually, Inverness, Wraith, and Queen of the South. I mean, Queen of the South are, are probably too detached from it now. But again, they've been going all right, so that's that's not going to be a walk in the park, a game away uh, in Dumfries. Um, but uh, yeah, playoffs will be all right. Second's the one they really want. But I mean, they're they're, they're certainly have to beat Wraith, and then you would think they're going to have they're going to have to win at least another one, probably two. Or one in a draw to get uh, that. So yeah, se- second, Jesus. Inverness that, worries I mean, me. I must admit, Inverness worries me. But uh-huh. well, they're up there yeah. next Tuesday, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Mm. So they've 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 they've, they've, <laughs> they've left it down to the wire. Like, it's, I never. It, we 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 go from saying right, oh this this no nobody in this league apart from Hearts has managed to put a put a run together, and then that, that's evidenced by what we can see. But then Dundee, we think, oh right, here we go, right, just in time, they're going to be the one that stretches away now. But not pulled right back into it again. And it ain't going to happen now. Zero consistency. Zero consistency at all. The uh, there's a couple of couple of things to emerge from the game, Jim. What, the first one uh, that's a bit. I, I mean, listen, there are better players in the Dundee team than Jordan Marshall, but other he's probably one of the, he's probably close close to the top of the list of not irreplaceable sounds a bit isn't the right phrase, but Dundee aren't well stacked for. Uh, for left backs, are they? So if if it looked like a season ender, let's hope it's not. But it didn't. It didn't look good for him hobbling off, didn't it? He was clutching. Was his hamstring? It was his hamstring, wasn't it? And that's a that's a serious blow for them, isn't it? Mm-hmm. He's a good player. Yeah. I think so. Um, it's you know, I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. I think like you're talking about playing a playoff final against no, you know, going I, through and playing a team from the Premiership over two games, you know. That, that's right. I mean, I think at this stage, this is where you you know you need your your squad in in depth. I mean, if you think what they you know, I mean, they, they made their their usual kind of substitutions last night. They, made, they brought Elliot Afalabi and and and, and mm-hmm. uh, he's got depth in other areas, isn't he, Jeff? He's, he's got loads of strikers and midfielders. Yeah, but um, but in that particular position, you look at it and you think right, there's a there's a weak spot. You've got to do a bit of juggling there to to make up for that, and it couldn't couldn't have come at a, um, at a worse time. And this is you know that's where managers earn their corn. Um, when you lose a, a really important player in a position where you're not particularly well covered, uh, or indeed you're, you're you're not really covered at all, um, you've got to kind of mix and match. You've got to find, you know, you end up with kind of midfielders pulling back, trying to do a job in a position they're not comfortable with, or or, or trying to f- 
you know, fix a guy a right who's a, cent, a centre defender left, or a right yeah. back on left or or whatever. I mean, that, that that's the nature of the beast. And the, the manager's uncomfy doing it. The player that gets called in to deputise is uncomfortable doing it, particularly given the risks and what's at stake um, at, at this stage. But, you know, I mean, you know, it will become apparent just how serious the situation is. Obviously, once you know, once the player is is seen by you know the club medical staff and doctor and all the rest of it. Um, on the wider note, I mean, I think it's an intriguing kind of situation. I mean, Dundee, Dundee were a better side, I thought, by a long way last night. I mean, you know, they they had their chances; it certainly couldn't take them, um, but. It, it is it is concern. I mean, you know, they, they, they are. I mean, theoretically, they could um, they could actually still blow this. I, I don't think they will. They're on thirty eight points. I mean, they're in fifth place. They've done fair in the five behind. Them. There's what three games to go. But I mean, I, 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 I don't think they will. I mean, the, the key thing for me all along was I thought they needed um, second place. Now that's where the game against Inverness, who've been made, who've made incredible progress under uh, Neil McCann. Um, I think that's where the game next Tuesday becomes hugely important. And then the, the, the big one against Wraith. You know, I know there's a big one. They're all big ones. It was Queen of the South away the last, the last day of the season. But the big one against uh, Wraith also, I mean, that could be the killer for second spot. And you really do want second spot if you can help it because it saves you um, two games at a stage in the season where you've got tired legs, tired mind, and you're going to come up against a team who are bottom of the Premier, uh, sorry, um, second bottom of the Premiership, who have been playing at a higher level all season than you in terms of tempo and mentality. Well, so, apart, from, apart from anything you know, else, Jim, the way we've we've seen it all season, the 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 game against the team in the Championship is going to be a fifty-fifty call. You know, you, you might not even make it. You know, it's not like it's it's a case of if, if if they're playing if they're playing Inverness, for example, over two games, you know, you're not. It's it's not just it taking out the legs. It might take your season off at the knees. You know? absolutely, <laughs> it could be done absolutely. And 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 you know, ultimately, that's why when you're a championship side, uh, Eric, you need to actually do what Hearts have done. You need to win promotion automatically because it's it's a gamble. You know, you you're throwing. You know, it's it it, it it's roulette. It's crap. Call it what you will. Um, when you're going for that second place, because you not only have you got to beat the the teams around about you, you've got to beat, as you say, the team second bottom of the Premiership, who also know, know the reality is guys fighting for more lucrative contracts than than the you know than they currently have, maintaining a decent contract, or going down, dropping down, or or out of club uh, clubs altogether. So it's a brutal time. It's a brutal time of the season for clubs involved in what Dundee are involved in. I mean, so it's, it, you know, the, the best they can hope for now is, is second place, and it has been for a long, long time. But that's not guaranteed by any any stretch of the imagination. There's lots riding on this. There's a lot riding on this. Um, you know, manager's position uh, and everything. So, I mean, it's a really, really crucial uh, three games coming up for Dundee. Sean, I, I don't know what your, uh, your feeling on this one is, but my sort of... I was wondering if my eyes were deceiving me, but I, and I dipped into social media and the, the fans' forums, and it kind of feels as if Dundee, I know uh, Dundee fans are probably or, or certainly a fair few of them are in agreement with me. I, Jason Cummings is underwhelming me. I must admit, I thought he would be potentially the difference. You know, a guy that a guy of you know wasn't play, it's not that long ago he was. I was speaking to him in a. Scotland press conference before a game, I can remember, you know, it only feels like two or three years ago. You know, a guy with real, real pedigree. For me, I'm not, I don't know about you, I'm not seeing, seeing enough for him, enough of him to be, to be a real game changer just now. What about you? Well, no, I mean, it, 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 yeah, it, you want him to come in. He's got this profile. Um, I mean, if you think about where the profile comes from, though, I mean, it's, it's quite a few years ago now. <laughs> I mean, there's no getting away from it that, that he was—he was this. He'd been exciting, drifting about the lower leagues, yeah. Down he has done. He was—he was an exciting player when he burst onto the scene with Hibs, and um, I mean, he did have a, a great season with Hibs in the Championship, where he scored a, a barrel load of goals. Um, Premiership, I think he ever really replicated it. it. wasn't wasn't didn't set the heather alight with Rangers when he went there, and he's gone down south, and since then it has been a bit of a drift, hasn't it? Um, and coming back up the road, yes, you get excited about it because that profile that he built up a number of years ago still exists, and he, he, he clearly is still a beloved figure at Hibs, and uh, what he does gets attention uh, for various reasons. But none of that, I mean, reputationally, it hasn't been backed up really on the park up to now. Um, 
So I, I mean, he probably hasn't come in and, and, and done what you, what you would want him to do. But I mean, as 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 a side in general, Dundee haven't really got motoring um, at any point in this season for a consistent amount of time. They've, they've put a few results together on a couple of occasions, but it's, it's they've been up and down. So whether whether Cummings being up and down is a symptom of uh, a wider thing with the team being up and down, or or whether. <laughs> he's he should just be elevating them. himself. I yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's it's just that there is again. I you know what I started out saying my cup was half full. I'm, I can feel myself yeah, it's, drifting it's, into it's, half empty now. Less than half, but it's in the no, Jim, I mean, <laughs> he, uh, Jim, he's coming from. He, he feel he, sh- he should be the type of guy that when it, he would love the sort of the spotlight of the playoffs. So we're hoping that that'll be the time when you know he'll he'll think this is my stage type thing. But are you? Do you agree with me that you you expecting more? Oh, a, a lot more. But look, I mean, you know, we we're all the same. I think Eric. We can all be gulled and and, and conned by the um, you know, by the, the the history. If you want, you look back. I mean, the truth of the matter is, is that you know, when you left Hibs and is it four three four seasons ago now two two seven two thousand seventeen. Um, where you know he was an integral part of that kind of Scottish Cup one year and all the rest of it. Um, he he kind of attained legendary status, but you know he, he slipped through. I mean, he spells it, you know, Forest Rangers on loan down to England. You know, um, come back up here from from Shrewsbury, um, and and now you know kind of. Th- th- there's a sense at, at Danes that that you know something just isn't right about both the team and the way he's playing. And I think the danger for a Cummings is that you go from being a legend, you know, at Hibs to, frankly, a legend in your own mind. Um, and and I, I'm not, I mean, he has undoubted ability on a ball, um, good first touch and all the rest of it. But when you bring, I think, a player w- with what appears to be his pedigree in, you're looking, I think, for, for a lot more. You're looking for him to stamp his personality on uh, on the club and on, on the pitch as well. And so far... I have to say, I, I, I haven't, you know, I, I haven't been knocked out. He's not kind of knocked my socks off kind of thing. You haven't, sometimes you look at a player and you think, wow, what is he doing here? You know, he's he is still several notches above this, you know. Um, uh, 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 and, and I have to say, looking at Cummings, um, frankly, looking at him the way I've seen him playing, I, 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 you see dozens of boys come and go like this over the period. You see one game, you think, oh, he's got a bit about him. Then you see the next game, you think, is that the same guy I watched the last game? You know, so you're looking for consistency, and you're look, but you're looking for high consistency. You're looking for a high bar. You're not looking for a player to be average every week. And and to me, that's what he's looked like. And you know, managers often see different things from from us as journalists or as fans. You know, they see a contribution to the game in terms of making himself available. You know, the running that he does, the the, the assists and all the rest. That you know, that uh, the start of a move that maybe ends up with three or four passes. Um, all of these things, you know, winning second balls, they see things that sometimes I suspect we don't see because we're taking notes or blurring into a microphone or whatever. But I, I have to say, and what I've seen from them both in the flesh and, and, and what, like others watching games on TV, I've not seen enough. Sean, having, having covered the, the Saints-Dundee game, it didn't surprise me that, that Charlie Adam was didn't start the following midweek at air because... He, it was his it was his first game back and all the rest and it was clear that uh, from James McPake's team selection for the Saints game that he kind of had two teams already in mind for you know that 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 period and and air whether whether you know traditionalists like it or not the, the league game was the was the most important one so, and then they had such a good win so it, it didn't surprise me that that Charlie Adam wasn't back in the following week at uh, for the game against Morton. Surprised me a bit that he didn't play at Dunfermline. It surprised me even more that he didn't come off the bench when you know the the game was well, the game was there to be won, wasn't it? As Jim said, Dundee were the, the dominant team in it. So is that is that going to become a? I mean, there's not many games left. So when I say is it going to become a bit of an issue? You know, it's 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 there's decisions, there's big decisions there to be made. You know, there's you know there's a lot of people would. A lot of Dundee fans will now be talking about it, won't they? Let's face it. When you've got fit Charlie Adams sitting on the bench, and it's it's the game's goalless, and you, you're looking for a winner that that strengthens your your chances of finish second. It's going to be talked about, isn't it, Sean? Well, yeah, because it's it's very easy for people to read into that sort of thing, and and they, and they, as you say, no, no, game to be won, important match, playoffs on the line. 
you're looking at your bench, there's Charlie Adam, and you go, that's not him. Then, I mean, that that's, it's, that's leads to, <laughs> leads people to wonder why not, you know? Um, so, yeah, it, that is one of the big decisions uh, that will need to be made going forward because if, 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 if Charlie's not playing, uh, if Dundee are winning, then fine. I don't think people, people there's no criticism to follow. That, that's been a successful decision. But if Charlie's not playing and Dundee aren't playing and they're not winning as well, then that's that's when the questions will start to be asked um, of, of, of the manager, really. Um, so it, a lot, of, a lot, of, a lot of pressure on on James McPake at the moment, just to make sure what one make sure that they're in those playoffs. Two, ideally in second. Three, if they're in second, beat the team in the championship they've got to play, so they can play for a place in the Premier League. And four, there's the whole you've got Charlie Adams sitting on the bench. So what do you do with him as well? Because I, I know that I mean Charlie's earning power last season in the championship in England would have been oh God miles beyond where he is at the moment um, he's not up here for the money he's up here to play football and because he wants to play for Dundee and if he's not playing football then I'm not, is he going to want to stick about yeah, well it's a big it's a big team selection isn't it for the for the next game Jim really there'll be a lot of eyes on it and big implications depending on the result and, and who's played a part in it isn't it yeah um i, I mean it's it's an intriguing one from many respects i mean i'd be you know personally i mean I, you know you know a character like Charlie, who's got the kind of pedigree, playing pedigree he has, and, and unlike the guy we we're talking about a minute ago, he has a serious, a serious playing pedigree. Um, I, I would be surprised if, if if Charlie wasn't wanting to sit down with, with the manager just to discuss uh, what happens because he's got another year to go on his contract. Remember, um, there's also being I mean, he will be he, he will be earning nothing like the kind of money that was available to him south of the border. He came up for various reasons. One, his hometown club, uh, you know, his late mum uh, wasn't well. Sadly, she's, you know, subsequently died. But he's up for many reasons. Um, but but money wasn't primarily uh, one of them. However, um, you know, I think, you know, given the money he is on, I, I'm told that there's a combination of sponsors, um, people who sponsor the club helping out wages as well. So they might be wondering where the money's going if he's out, there, out of the frame. Uh, you know, you, you never know these things. You never know. Whether he's just been binned for a game, or whether he's, you know, whether the manager's, uh, what the manager's thinking is in situations like this, and that's why managers are paid. You know, managers have to make tough, uh, tough decisions, and and the one thing they can't do is they can never keep a squad of eighteen or twenty happy. Um, you know, uh, from the, you know, you, you know, I'm a big admirer <coughs> of Charlie Adam. I mean, I, you know, I have to say on a personal level, I mean, I, he, for me, in terms of ability, he's got more than anyone else at Dens Park by a long way. I mean, I know he's he's thirty five now, and he's you know he, he he's not a svelte athlete. I don't think him, he himself would argue that. You know, um, however, his range of passing, his range of abilities, and and threat from you know the dead ball situation, free kicks, corner kicks, and all the rest of it, is still pretty much I think unparalleled in Scottish football. Never mind just at Dens Park. So I think um, I think the next um, you know couple of games will be very intriguing. You know, the next few days will be very intriguing as to, you know, we get an idea of just exactly what's going on here. Is it a fitness issue? I don't think it is. Um, is it an issue where, you know, the manager just suddenly doesn't think he fits in to the play? There's lots of other options open to him. Is that it? We don't know. I think it'll, it'll, it will become clear, I think, quite quickly. Well, it will, because uh, he's going to get asked about is. it. Let's face it. James yeah, McCray, that, absolutely. You know, absolutely. So, yeah. Sean, Saints, it's uh, <laughs> poor... Poor Clyde, They've, their fixture list just makes you feel absolutely gubbed. Just look, just looking at it, it's it's consistent. Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. So they've got they've got two and a half hours extra with uh, with the kickoff put back till half past five. But in the grand scheme of things, you would expect Saints to make possibly two or three changes. Maybe maybe not because they're only Saints are playing. Saints have had a a gap of a week, but they do have Rangers the following midweek. So perhaps. He will look at bringing two or three, but it's a game you would expect Saints to win, no problem at all, isn't it? Yeah, um, and and again, you'd expect them to win it probably with two, three, four, five changes. <laughs> not not to do Clyde down, but they're but they're they're as you say, they've they've got an incredibly tough schedule as all the lower league teams do at the moment. Um, so 
Gosh, I mean, how I mean, how on earth would you look at this as a, as a manager of Clyde going into a Scottish Cup game um, when when you've got all this other stuff to oh, no, try you and cram could, in you, between you now could, and the You could make season. a case for Danny Lennon try, rest, not resting, but you know, yeah. not have a huge right. squad. But basically, I thought you were going to make a case from playing. Well, listen, that 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 wouldn't shock you either. Oh, he's only fifty two. <laughs> he's done you know? it before. He's done it before, hasn't he? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, aye, so uh, for for them. Oh, I mean, you'll, I'm sure they'll, they'll 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 have a right good go at it, but I mean, their, their priorities are elsewhere, and also, I mean, there's there's a limit to what the human body can do <laughs> when you've got guys who are sort of part time part time yeah. and working during the day, and then all the travelling that comes with it, and trying to be in condition for the next game while you're juggling life and family and work and all this other stuff. So, um, I, I mean, St Johnson should be clear favourites to win it and I don't I don't think um, there'll be any shocks <laughs> he says <laughs> he says yes and before we wrap up Jim the, talking of uh, tough asks and all the rest of it poor old Montrose eh? dearie oh, me geez, so I mean so I was speak to speak to Stuart Petrie who's who we all know well and, and he's a great guy and, and he takes it he's a guy if ever there's a guy to take things and he's and he's trying and be positive and all the rest of which you have to be. You have to see the bigger picture, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But they'll be uh, they'll be getting in in the early hours, potentially or late on a Thursday night, early hours Friday morning. Most of them will be getting up to do a, a day's work, and then the buses leave for Kilmarnock at before this is done. D before eight o'clock in the morning. How how do you how do you fancy that, Jim? Eh? Oh, it's just, I mean, you know, there are times, I know there are times in Scottish football where it's difficult, you know, with fixtures and cramming and the, the kind of season we've been through and all the rest of it, but sometimes you just shake your head at the at the powers that be. I mean, what, what is it? Is it, is it Partick tomorrow? Um, Partick Ke- on the Kelly, Thursday, Kelly and Kelly Saturday, on the Saturday and then, morning. And then, and then they've got they've got a short hop uh, ah, home to cover something like that, you know. I mean, but as you, the problem is, you know, I mean, guys that play for the likes of Montrose, same with all the Angus clubs, are you know they're pulled in from Aberdeen or the West Coast or Dundee or, or wherever. You got guys working all day and and various occupations, you know, and, and they're being asked to crack. Though I suppose the, the only positive of it is that uh, you know play, players would always rather play than train. That's for sure. You know, I think you know I think we were all same whether we played at amateur juvie juvenile uh, junior level or whatever we were all the same we you know we always prefer to to play and, and professional football players are no different they want to play instead of train so that that's you know it, it, it is what it is it's not perfect it's not ideal in an ideal world it wouldn't be anything like this but um you know i suspect they'll rise i mean stuart you know stuart's seen it all so there's, there's not much going to shock him and he's just he's been very unequivocal about it just cracking on with it but it's not ideal by any manner of of, of means for the gable endies indeed well thanks again guys and we will be back next week thank you very much for listening bye-bye If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it, or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people to find Talking Football, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget too to pick up your copy of The Courier Monday to Saturday, or go to thecourier.co.uk slash subscribe to find out how to get our award-winning sport, business and local journalism across Tayside and Fife in the way that's right for you. The Courier. Local matters.